Ross Chastain strikes a winning tune as he drives to victory in Music City, USA at the Nashville Super Speedway. Carl Edwards makes a rare public appearance, and NASCAR is taking it to the streets in Chicago. These are our top stories. Hi, I'm Doug Rice. I'll be joined by PRN's very own Alexis Erickson, and Alan Kavana drops in on this edition of Fast Talk. It's Fast Talk on the Performance Racing Network, presented by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. By Coca-Cola. Is Coke Zero Sugar the best Coke ever? Take a taste and see. And Sunoco. Whether you're heading to the track or just hitting the road, fill up with Sunoco Ultratech. Now, here's your host for Fast Talk, Doug Rice. Welcome to the show. So glad that you make this part of your NASCAR diet. I'm Doug Rice with Alan Kavana and Alexis Erickson. We're going to break down the race from New, uh, Nashville Super Speedway, the third time NASCAR has visited there. Look ahead to Chicago and also uh, talk a little bit about Carl Edwards. So it's a really good show that we've got lined up here. Nashville Super Speedway, this is the third time they've had a cup race there. All three have been won by Chevrolets, Alexis, but this is the first time it wasn't a Chevrolet from Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, you know, I thought the race was thoroughly entertaining. I uh, took the race in at home, uh, obviously listening to the PRN broadcast while I watched the NBC broadcast. It was their first broadcast of the season. And I just thought that the track was extremely racy. I thought we were seeing, you know, obviously um, with this I want to say, I keep wanting to say new car, but it's not really new car anymore. We're in year two. Uh, But with the next gen car and the package that they have on these super speedways, we're seeing really, really great action. And that played out again uh, on Sunday night. And when it was all said and done, it was Ross Chastain getting to victory lane, but doing so without ruffling any feathers, which, you know, he's had quite the journey uh, as of late this season on, you know, how he's been in contact with other teams and what people have been saying about him um, and how he races. And he was able to get to victory lane yesterday uh, in in great fashion without ruffling any feathers. So I thought it was a thoroughly enjoying uh, race to watch. And you're right, Chevrolet, even though Toyota, which I think was, what we saw last year had very dominant players. They weren't able to seal the deal. And when it was all said and done, it was a Chevrolet and Ross Chastain in victory lane. We're going to be talking about the watermelon man in depth. By the way, I love his victory celebration. But we're, we're going to devote a whole segment here to Chastain in a bit. Alan Kavana, there were some highlight moments in this race. The things that jump out at me, the great battle between Ross Chastain and Martin Truex Jr. Side by side, I think, for six laps. Around yeah, that mile it, and third track. Great racing uh, on that track last night. And, you know, having it at night probably played for a, a better race uh, in terms of the on-track action. I just like how it played out in, in terms of the number of laps, in terms of the length of it. I think every about 43 laps or so, we got green flag pit cycles. So even though we're not getting, if you don't get a ton of cautions, you get those pit cycles that keep you interested and keep the storylines moving. And then we would see the great racing. There was that restart, Doug. I think it was about six or 10 laps of three wide racing with William Byron was up there and it was almost two rows at the front of the field. And I'm just thinking to myself, other racing series don't see this ever, if not once per season. And we're seeing it for 10 straight laps uh, after a restart. That was really intriguing. And then as you've mentioned, the melon man, the way he was able to track down Martin Truex jr. 
not ruffle any feathers, but still be aggressive. I mean, it took aggressive moves. It took patience and aggression to get the win last night. So I think we're, we'll talk about it. We're seeing a, uh, a maturing Ross Chastain and look what that's done. It led to a victory. We certainly are. Alexis, the three wide laps for uh, three or four laps that they ran. It looked like the parade laps, like a wing sprint car race. (laughs) It really did. It really did. Um, But it was great. I mean, that that I think is what um, was so intriguing about what we saw uh, at Nashville Super Speedway was that, you know, you always hear you can't pass, you can't pass. And the, you know, here we were three wide, you know, three or four rows deep. And, you know, just hard nose battle for for the lead and for, you know, all of those positions back behind there. Um, That's what you want to see. And that is what mile and a half and intermediate tracks are producing for us right now. I mean, I think back to other tracks of that same style this season have given us really great races. Some of the best, if not the best racing we've seen all season. So that bodes well for the fact that that's the majority of what we have on the schedule um, and what we're going to continue to see, hopefully, for the remainder of, of this year. Obviously, the race winner, Ross Chastain, who picked up his first win of the 2023 season, was pretty excited about it. Take you serious when you win a win on an oval track. They've won races. This one team before Trackhouse and I were a part of it. They were winning races in the Cup Series, so they they've been here and done it. And they wanted to see me do it on a true oval. I don't know anything else other than that. I think about them and, and our conversations and, and how much work we put into it, and they put into me to make me better on these kind of tracks. Alan, maybe it's unfair, but is this one legitimate? He won at Coda when they had a three-way wreck at the end of the race and then you went at talladega and there have been a lot of one-hit wonders at talladega is this one more legit maybe for the haters the haters <laughs> will say this one is legit if they found because there are plenty of ross haters out there this will take away a little bit of their argument if they're trying to make an argument against ross chastain but hey yeah it helps it helps in just terms of making him an every week player right we know he's fast But until you get those wins at the bread and butter ovals of NASCAR, you're not going to contend legitimately right for a championship. I know he came in second last year and the way the system works, you you can get there without necessarily getting the wins on these ovals. But if you want to be looked at in that upper echelon and be that threat every single week, you have to win at these ovals and you have to be looked at as a legitimate threat every week at these bread and butter ovals. And a win like this goes a long way. Also, as we'll keep going back to, not ruffling the feathers, you know, precise passing the way he did on Martin Truex Jr. We know it's tough to pass at these mile and a half ovals. So that's a skill set that if you're proving you can do it for the lead and go on to get the win, that's going to be bad news for the rest of the field. Now that Ross Chastain, if we, if that was a sign of him learning and maturing and learning a new skill and honing it in, he's only going to get better from here. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because I I kept hearing everybody say, oh, well, he hasn't won on a true oval. He hasn't done this. And I do agree to some extent, um, you know, what you're saying, Alan, that that makes up the majority of the races that we have. And you have to be good on those rate on those tracks to be able to be a legitimate player. But like, what are we going to say now? Oh, well, he's never won on a short track. So until he wins on a short track, I don't know about that Ross Chastain. I I, I do think this win (laughs) checked a lot of boxes for him. His team owner, Justin Marks, his operation is actually based in Nashville, even though the shop is in North Carolina. He was pretty jacked up about this. It's an incredible moment for us just watching Ross do what Ross does and what he's capable of doing out there. I mean, what a bright future we have as a company, and it's an amazing moment for our company. 
There were only four yellow flags, by the way, in the Ally 400. One of them for a horrific-looking crash involving Ryan Blaney. It was on a restart. He got turned around, and his car pointed toward the infield, and it caught a part of a wall that was not protected by a safer barrier. And, of course, this caused a great deal of consternation, and NASCAR uh, pretty quickly released a statement about this. NASCAR safety engineers work closely with safety experts on the implementation of barriers around the track, as we do following every race weekend. We will evaluate the evaluable data and make necessary improvements. And I can promise you that I think that the folks from Speedway Motorsports, because Nashville Super Speedway is a Speedway Motorsports track, NASCAR, and probably representatives from the teams and the driver communities will chat about this, and you certainly hope that uh, it won't be replicated. So this story will continue to unfold. It was nice to see Ryan Blaney, after taking that wicked hit, uh, get out of the car and be able to communicate with folks. So uh, that's the story on the Ryan Blaney situation, and I'm sure as time goes on, more and more is going to come out about what will be done at Nashville Super Speedway. And Blaney wound up finishing 36th in that race, and it has been either feast or famine for him throughout the season. So the Toyotas came in, Alexis, and we talked a lot about them. But once again, just like last year when they dominated the race, I think they led 250 laps last year. At the end, it was another nameplate. Yeah, I mean, when you think about how similar it is to what happened in 2022 there. Um, it's kind of uncanny, but you know, we had, um, Martin Trex Jr. We had Denny Hamlin who both looked really strong at certain parts of the race. Um, but I think it was all about track position when it came down to it and, and having that track position at that last pit stop, um, which is what, uh, you know, Ross Chastain was able to gain. And so therefore, uh, was able to hold off, uh, Martin Trex Jr. and the other Toyotas. And, um, you know, I wonder too, what would have been, been um the case had Tyler Reddick not had the troubles that he had he had a very fast race car he won stage one um and then he came down pit road unfortunately his team uh made a mistake on that pit and his had a loose wheel wheel actually came off uh, and ended up bringing out a caution um but I, I wonder what would have been or could have been for Toyota had he not had that because I think he was also another contender that could have possibly challenged Ross uh, for the win there at the end. Alan Kavana, are you surprised that this far along we're still seeing tires come off of cars? That's a great question. Yes Thank and you. no. I just don't know the, the cause because it is it is odd to add. There, there's one lug nut, right? So you just say, get it tight. I mean, how it's just one. Just do it. But, yeah, they're still coming off, which means they're still pressing the issue in terms of time. Um, every one of these – cases has its own, you know, unique things. I think, I don't think it's universal in terms of they're just trying to be fast and leave it loose. Tyler Reddick's was weird because he made a lap right with a loose wheel and it didn't come off until he got back on pit road. And Bob Pockers brought this up in an article that it actually affects his penalty because if it comes off on the track, that's a two race suspension for a bunch of people. If it comes off on pit road, that's a different set of rules and different a, a lower suspension. So even though Tyler Reddick made a lap on the track and came back down pit road where it eventually came off, I think he gets a lesser suspension. So a unique circumstance. Yeah, it is. Night. It's it's strange how they sort of grade on the curve. By the way, for our Toyota performance report brought to you by Toyota Racing, Martin Truex Jr. top finishing Toyota, finishing second and uh, coming in in third with a nice run 
and led a bunch of laps was Denny Hamlin. Christopher Bell came home seventh, and uh, a pretty decent day for C. Bell, although he never really had a threat to win the race. And uh, not, So those are your Toyota performance reports. Coming up, we're going to kind of do a deep dive on Ross Chastain. Does this, does this change the perception of Chastain after winning at Nashville Super Speedway? Coke Zero Sugar tastes so good, people will take a taste any way they can. You never know when your best friend will lunge across the table and grab for it. A stranger could subtly swipe it. Or your little brother might just ask for one too many sips. So, no matter what you're doing or who you're with, when you're enjoying a Coke Zero Sugar, be ready to protect it from takers at all times. Because one sip begs the question, is this the best Coke ever? Take a taste and see. Whether your engine runs daily or only when you need it, C-Max Micro Lubricant is the force you need against carbon buildup that can damage your engine. Combustion causes carbon and other harmful deposits to build up on your engine, fuel system, and transmission. And carbon is like sandpaper rubbing against your engine's internal parts. You don't want that. You want Z-Max Micro Lubricant. It soaks into metal and keeps your vehicle running at peak performance. Find out more at Z-Max.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter. Protect your engine to the max with Z-Max. I'm Kyle Busch, and you're listening to Fast Talk on the Performance Racing Network. Hey, folks, it's Doug Rice. Did you know you can take PRN with you anywhere? By downloading the PRN mobile app, you can listen to our live races just about any place on the planet, and you will not miss a second of the action. Plus, you can hear our shows like the fantastic editions of Fast Talk, plus Brett McMillan on the Pit Reporters and Mark Garrow with Garage Pass. Get all the latest racing information right at your fingertips with the PRN mobile app, available at the Apple App Store and on Google Play. The night race. It's as American as Uncle Sam deadlifting 350 while drinking a bush light outside his camper in a national park. It's as American as Dale Earnhardt rattling Terry's cage. It's the Bass Pro Shops night race at Bristol Motor Speedway, and it's a cutoff race in the NASCAR playoffs. Be there Saturday, September 16th. Get a weekend package today at bristolmotorspeedway.com and see Dale Jr. race on Friday night in the Food City 300. It's not just a race. It's Bristol, baby! Coming up later on on this edition of Fast Talk, we will hear from Carl Edwards. Had a nice conversation on the air with Carl, who was the king of Nashville Super Speedway. Before they had cup racing there, he won a ton of Xfinity races, five times a winner there, and also a truck race. So we'll catch up with seldom seen Carl Edwards in the next segment. But guys, I want to go back and talk a little bit more in-depth about Ross Chastain this is a guy that had been tarred and feathered and taken to the cleaners repeatedly, sometimes deservedly so. He's had run-ins with half of the garage, it seems like, every week. He punts Brennan Poole at Dover very, very early in the race. He has a big run-in, much publicized with, of course, uh, Kyle Larson at the end of the Darlington race, eliminating both of them. And that really got people in an uproar. It even, I think, involved Chevrolet at some point. And then Justin Marks comes out and says, well, we're going to have to talk to him. And Alexis, for the next three weeks, it looked like 
Carl Edwards was the proverbial turtle that pulled his head back into his shell. Yeah, Ross Chastain Britain for Ross sure. Chastain. Yeah, got Carl Edwards on the brain, yes, and I, I, I completely understand why. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could tell, or at least it seemed to me, and I think other folks on the sidelines, because I have heard lots of pundits talk about this, that those experiences that he had, and then uh, most notably Rick Hendrick coming out and being very critical of him um, and the things that happened on the racetrack, changed something in him. Maybe made him pull back. Made him, Maybe made him be not Ross Chastain. Not do what he would normally do on a racetrack for fear of you know, those things boiling over even further than they already had. You know, everybody would say it was the running joke in, in NASCAR uh, and in, in these circles that if something bad went wrong, did you spill your coffee? Blame Ross Chastain. Did you, you know, did you get something on your shirt? Blame Ross. You know, everything was being blamed. Even if he was a half a straight away behind an incident, it was getting blamed on Ross Chastain. So understandably, he was like, okay, maybe I need to remove myself from any and all possibility of being inserted into these things in the future. And it felt like he had maybe lost a little bit of that mojo that we had seen from him um, at the end of last, you know, last year and, and um, you know, in some of his wins and some of, of the ways that he became very popular. And so people were starting to say, well, are we going to see, we've even talked about it on this show, are we going to see Ross Jastain be as good as we saw him be last year? Is he going to be a legitimate contender in 2023? Um, and so I think it was refreshing to see him yesterday be able to rise above all of that um, and bring home the win. And he even talked about it. You know, we talk so much in this sport um, and on this show specifically about personalities. And when he got out of that car yesterday after he won, just the pure enthusiasm and emotion and 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 giving his post-race interview talking about, look, you know, you can let people talk all they want about you. Um, if you have good people around you and you know that you're good at something, don't let that bring you down. And clearly, even though we all thought that's what was happening, it wasn't. He was just gathering himself to be able to get to this point. So Alan Kavana has Ross Chastain now crossed the first bridge on his road to redemption? Absolutely, especially from a competitive side. And that's where I've always looked at it with Ross. I, I, never, I would never criticize, and I don't criticize drivers for being aggressive. And if they piss other drivers off doing it, you know, good, right? That, that's fun for storylines. That means you're in their head. I like that aspect of it. What I always worried about with Ross, especially this year, has been the competitive side in terms of, he is a race cap he is a capable race winning driver in a very good car and he wasn't doing that right he he had a car worthy of winning races that he should have been getting more checkered flags with and he wasn't delivering on the equipment and talent he has been given that's where it became a problem with Ross and that's when I started worrying in terms of he's not doing what he should be doing he's not doing his job in terms of finishing races and winning them Whatever went happened after Darlington, I, I think that was the moment where it was like, look, you have to stop wrecking cars that are capable of winning. Now it's affecting our performance. I know it's affecting Chevy. They were mad. Hendrick was mad. Everybody's mad. I, I was never worried about that. I was worried about him not winning and winning race cars. So whatever's been going on the last few weeks, because there was something of a noticeable drop off, at least in the headlines, at least you know, someone in performance and finishing, but he was able to take his winning race car, drive it to the front, still be aggressive doing it and 
put it where it was supposed to be, and that was in victory lane. And that is the sign of his competitive road to redemption, at least in my head, is when he is given race-winning equipment, he has the race-winning talent, you better be doing something right with it, and that's winning those races. Well, the three races immediately after Darlington, Ross Chastain finished outside of the top 20. That's a big drop-off. Now, there were always extenuating circumstances, but I believe that was all tied back to him being taken to the proverbial woodshed. That seems to be over. I'm going to ask both of you this. Uh, how popular can this guy be if he continues to win? I think he can be immensely popular. Um, you know, I think, number one, he races for an organization that can be very popular. I think what they're doing, um, you know, they're doing things that other teams haven't done. They're, they're game changers in that arena. Um, I think just his personality, like I said, when he got out of the car yesterday, the amount of emotion that he showed um, was the right amount of emotion. And even Dale Jr. talked about it on the broadcast. He said, I love this amount of emotion because, and I think that he said that because he has seen other drivers win races, get out of the car and not show the appropriate amount of emotion. Um, And so when he saw that from Ross, he, you know, he mentioned it and I agree. And I just think, you know, the the everyman, the watermelon farmer, um, all of that, I think, are things that people are going to gravitate towards. And the only thing that he needs to do, I think, to continue to propel him to even more fandom and stardom is continue to win races. You hit the nail. Yeah, she hit the nail on the head with that last point. Uh, you can be as popular as you want. There's nothing like winning, right? And that's where he got in trouble in terms of with all this aggression, with all these highlights, if you will, or lowlights, uh, all this fighting and everything. He was doing everything but winning. And winning these races is what will propel you to a whole other level. It'll make people forget about the aggression. It'll make people celebrate the aggression. If he had been this whole time knocking people out of the way and getting checkered flags, I don't think half of the stuff that rained down on him would have been uh, coming down had he been getting checkered flags. But when you knock someone out of the way and also take yourself out, you look like a dart without feathers. And at some point you look like a dummy, right? But if you're winning races, that's a whole new environment, a whole nother stratosphere. So if he can combine aggression with also winning, that's a whole new world that Ross Chastain can, can open himself up with because people love winners like what, Chip Ganassi. Winning covers a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And, and for Ross Chastain, I think that shows, and I've got to admire the way he raced this race. He raced Martin Truex. Junior close. He raced a lot of people close. Never put a bumper or sideswiped anybody and went on and won against a very competitive Truex Jr. Carl Edwards showed back up at Nashville Super Speedway. What's he been up to? We'll find out next. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. 
Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. That's 800-750-9886. I'm Martin Truex Jr. And you're listening to Fast Talk on the Performance Racing Network. Speedway Children's Charities was really started out of um, a, a really sad time in life for our family. Um, my young brother died as, a, as an infant, and you know, out of that pain came the desire for my parents to do something to, to help children. My mom and dad weren't really happy with just giving money to an organization. They really wanted to be more hands-on and see that you know, every dollar was put to the best use. We take charities that otherwise may not get the attention from other donors, and we provide funds to them. At Speedway Children's Charities, our mission is simple. Help every child we can. Because all children deserve joy and hope and love. And if one child is still in need, then there's still work to do. Because their future is our future. And there's still so much they can teach us. Visit SpeedwayCharities.org. Welcome back to Fast Talk. Alexis Erickson here with Alan Kavana and Doug Rice. You know, out in uh, Nashville this past weekend, there were many highlights to talk about, but one of those highlights was Doug Rice and Mark Garrow getting to chat with Carl Edwards. Carl Edwards has been gracious enough to drop by the Performance Racing Network booth after being honored here today at Nashville Super Speedway, being the first inductee into the Legends Plaza because of all of your exploits here at this place. Uh, it is, and it is so neat to be here as we look down on this beautiful racetrack. The grandstands are full. I mean, there's so much excitement around this race. It's really neat to be here and a huge honor. I mean, we had a ton of success here, but I've been watching these guys. It was all hard. This is a tough racetrack. And, um, you know, but yes, definitely great to be here. And thanks for having me with you. And I have one quick memory with you here. I was doing a TV race, pouring down rain. And I didn't have an umbrella. You handed me a Roush Racing <laughs> umbrella. I still have it at the back of my car 20 years later and use it when we have rain at the racetrack. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, we're a nice um, guy for doing that. I was uh, like a drowned rat at the time. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, we dodged some rain today. How about that? Yeah. Everybody thought it was going to rain. But, um, but, yeah, neat place. A lot of great memories for me. But, you know, coming back here, I actually got to run around in one of the cars before the race. The I was reminded race. this place is so fast so. and it's deceptive. It's so it's perfect. It's a perfect racetrack. So it's very easy to mess up. Really hard to get the car right. What's the sensation of speed like here, Carl? It, it's deceptive. It, you, you feel when everything's going well, it doesn't feel that fast. And when it goes wrong and it goes bad, it goes bad really quickly. Yeah. The, the pavement, you know, it's concrete. It doesn't have a lot of uh, forgiveness. I'm assuming the cars now are even oh. worse with the low-profile tires. Hmm. So these guys are working hard just to keep everything going right. So you're in great shape. You've been around the racetrack a little more uh. lately. Do you get the itch every once in a while? I do get the itch, um, but I'm not going to scratch it. Not right now. I'm ha- <laughs> everything's going great. I'm having a lot of fun with life. And I, I tell people I will be the slowest guy. And I got all these team owners and people like, you're fine. You'll be fast. Like, no, I'm going to be the, the absolute slowest. These cars, they, they're hard to drive. I got to drive the Sim. 
it's different. It's not what I used to drive. These guys are working with a new animal. All right, uh, quick question. There's been so many speculations about what you've been doing. Uh, he's circled the world in a canoe. He's, you know, he's an Amish farmer now. All of these things. There's a lot uh, of mythology around Carl Edwards. Tis so a fine what, boat. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, so what are you? What have you been doing? So the, the number one thing is I just had more time. You guys know this schedule. It's grueling. And so been able to hang out with the family, do a bunch of travel. We did take a boat across the Atlantic twice. That was one of the, the highlights of my life. And been working with a couple volunteer groups, a couple of these guys behind me. They're, it's Aerial Recovery based, based here. Good people out working disaster relief. Gideon Rescue Company. I was just working with them the other day. So meeting good people, living life, and... You know, but it is fun to come back. This is this. I'm having a good time. So, is the boat trip the most interesting thing you've been able to do, or what are some of the I, other? I think the boat trip is probably the most interesting thing, and and we're gearing up. I think here in the next couple of years, we might actually make a, a lap around the earth in a sailboat, and that would be just a, a like one of the neatest things I could ever imagine. So that's that's what I'm working on right now. That's a real high water mark achievement there, <laughs> Carl. Oh, good job, thank high you. water mark. Thank you. Thank you for setting that up for me. <laughs> Yeah, no bailing. Been, no bailing been on that one. Been watching social media today. It's it. You have to appreciate the fan response to your being here. Everywhere you've gone, people are just excited and clamoring to see you. It, it has really blown me away. I, I got to do this. I feel so fortunate. I mean, you guys know how it is. We're working at a sporting event. It's so much fun. And and I, I was gone for so long, and I, I'm mad that I stayed away for so long. I, I really am just um, I'm humbled and just shocked at how kind people are. To me, everybody just seems genuinely excited. I saw a couple 19, you know, Carl Edwards T-shirts out there today, and that was great. So throughout your career, a lot of big moments, a lot of big wins. Five here on the Xfinity Series uh, and a truck win as well at Nashville Super Speedway. What are the highlights for you? You had so many. Oh, that for me, just getting to be in this sport is the number one thing. I, I think about it all the time, how fortunate I am. Real highlights in the race car for me, though, that first win at Atlanta in the Cup Series against Jimmy Johnson. I mean, that was unreal. The win at Sonoma, holding off Jeff Gordon, was a big deal. And, and this place is really special to me. It's very difficult. It took a lot of teamwork, and all those guitars were amazing. But, um, but yeah, they're just, there's so many neat moments. I, I just I got to live a dream. And when you started winning at Atlanta, that was a doubleheader. You won on Saturday and came back on Sunday. That was a blast. Got to hold off Tony Stewart on Saturday and then just couldn't believe that Sunday went that way. It was a life-changing event. Just, uh, just amazing. You know, so great um, of Carl to come up and chat with Doug and Mark in the booth at Nashville. He's such a breath of fresh air, and he's so great um, in that environment. Somebody that's been removed, really, from the garage and from the NASCAR scene for so long. But, Alan, I was kind of watching you while you were listening to that interview, and I saw you kind of smile when he mentioned, you know, taking his boat around the world and all of these things. Um, He's such a unique story, isn't he? Totally. And I'm glad Doug and them brought that up because I've heard those same stories and it's almost like a Sasquatch sighting, right? I mean, you hear these myths and you don't know if you should believe the myth or what's true or you want to believe the myth. Like, yeah, he sailed across the Atlantic. That could probably be true. Oh, he rescued someone off the side of the road by lifting a tractor off them. 
you know, maybe he did, or maybe there is some truth to it, but the myth and the Sasquatch part of it, like maybe we just add those details. You know, I've heard he he's like a judo champion as well, but maybe he competed. No one knew it was Carl Edwards and he won a judo competition. Like this guy can do anything. And we, and we just kind of fill in the blanks sometimes because it could possibly be true because that's the kind of guy Carl Edwards is. And that's what I love. I wish he was around more, but even the way he left the sport just adds to the mythology of who and what Carl Edwards is. He gives off major Chuck Norris vibes, you know, Absolutely. like all, like all of the, you know, the sayings about all the things that Chuck Norris can do. I bet you all of those things Carl Edwards could also do. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> the devil looks under his bed for Carl right, Edwards. Exactly, you know? exactly. <laughs> no I, kidding. I uh, was interviewing him one time on Media Day, and we were doing this bit where we were asking drivers, and you may remember this, Alexis, about how they would handle the zombie apocalypse. Oh, yes, I do remember. <laughs> and he said, I would be the happiest person on the planet. Oh, he's a prepper. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that and that's part of the other mythology part is that he lives somewhere in Missouri in a bunker and, you know, and he's hoping the zombie apocalypse comes true. But he's an interesting guy and the fan reaction to him was outstanding. I Everywhere bet. he went, he was just swamped with people. I don't want him to come back and drive. Well, mm. I I think for me the reason why, and don't get me wrong, I think he was a very popular driver when he was when he was driving uh, full time in NASCAR. But I think part of that um, is the lore that you talk about. I think it's the way that he left the sport on his own terms, kind of like shocking people. I had a conversation, you know, I was at a press conference last week, and I was having a conversation with one of the media members about how. There are no more secrets in NASCAR anymore. Like when we go to press conference, we already know what we're going to that press conference and what it's going to be and what the news is going to be. And we were talking about press conferences that we went to before that have really shocked us. And I remember going to that press conference where Carl Edwards said, I'm done. I'm packing it up. I'm 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 retiring, um, you know, at the very young age of I don't even know in his 30s somewhere. Um, and I think it's just how his story unfolded that captures so many people's imagination, imagination. And they and that's why they gravitate hate towards him yeah he left it at the top of his game i mean there's many of us that believe you know there's this statistic that you peak at age 39 and he left like when he was hitting his statistical performance peak remember he left coming within a restart of winning a champ a championship like those aren't the times we see any athlete walk away especially from nascar where it can be you know a kind of a long break toward the bottom sometimes for people who want to get out of the sport and he left at the absolute top with a lot of mystery and that always you know it's uh it's better to go out on top or, or leave that story and really that's how everybody remembers you right there, there's no downside other than us having questions. So that's why we always, you leave him wanting more. And we always wanted more Carl Edwards because there was a lot there. There was a lot of talent. There was a lot more wins. And uh, the, the end will always be a mystery. But every time we see him, Doug, he seems so happy. So how could you not be happy for him? And I just love every story that either we make up or that he actually does. <laughs> I don't know which one is more unbelievable. If you told me that he went around the, the, the globe in a sailboat, I'd be like, you made that up. And Carl Edwards is like, no, I just did it. Yep, totally it like did crazy. That. Totally crazy. That. And we may never know. We will never know exactly. why he left. We and, will never and that's know. Great. Yep. Because everybody's got their own sure. theory. And the reason I don't want to see him come back is not that I don't want Carl Edwards around. He would have to come back and win 
yeah. for it to be successful. And that's hard yeah. to do. Absolutely. That would be with the time that he's been away from racing to come back, be in a car that's competitive and win. That he's never stepped foot in before because yeah. this is a totally I, different car than anything he ever drove. And I don't think that would yeah. happen. So I, I like this. By the way, nice move by Nashville Super Speedway for putting him in their Legends Plaza. We're headed to Chicago, the nation's heartland, the second city. We'll chat about that next. Um, where is the bride? Hello? Honey, where are you? I'm at the altar. Oh, hey! I'm fueling up at Sunoco. Sunoco? Uh, your dad's waiting to walk you down the aisle. I'm earning rewards as fast as I can. With new Sunoco Go Rewards, when you fuel, you save. So drop what you're doing, because rewards come first. Oh, gotta go. I'll text you. Download the Sunoco app. Sunoco, fuel your best. Terms and conditions apply. The night race. It's as American as Uncle Sam deadlifting 350 while drinking a bush light outside his camper in a national park. It's as American as Dale Earnhardt rattling Terry's cage. It's the Bass Pro Shops night race at Bristol Motor Speedway. And it's a cutoff race in the NASCAR playoffs. Be there Saturday, September 16th. Get a weekend package today at bristolmotorspeedway.com and see Dale Jr. race on Friday night in the Food City 300. It's not just a race. It's Bristol, baby! I'm Kevin Harvick, and you're listening to Fast Talk on the Performance Racing Network. Martindale and Paul Shad on Z-Max Racing Country Classic. Hey, we're back. Come on to Nashville. It's Kathy and Vince Gill. Who do you find it hardest to keep up with, musicianship-wise? I just feel like an adequate guitar player compared to some of the people that I just love and admire and really think are spectacular. The majority of the people that I learned to play the instrument from are still around. Z-Max Racing Country Classic. I've been driving trucks for a long time. Safety is my number one priority. I know that my truck has huge blind spots. That's why I remember to check my mirrors often for smaller vehicles. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're behind the wheel, try to avoid lingering in those blind spots. It can be dangerous. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. talk here on PRN. Doug Rice, Alexis Erickson. We appreciate Alan Kavana joining us today on the Coca-Cola call-in line. It's time now to focus in on the street race at Chicago for both the Xfinity and the Cup Series. If you watch the NBC telecast, Alan, I think you know by now that they're covering the street race in Chicago. Yeah. I did not watch it, but it was on in the booth, and, and, and I saw just this preponderance of promotion for the coverage of this race. A lot of people, they had Parker Kligerman live. You know, there's a race going on and Parker Kligerman was live in Chicago just to, you know, promote and let everybody know, Hey, 
we're coming. NASCAR's coming. I think if you live there, you already see the signs of it with the barriers and stuff growing, going up, so maybe some street closures or, or just some of the tents and everything going up to show you the footprint that NASCAR will have. Because it's a big deal. It's a big deal in NASCAR's history. It's a big deal, I'm sure, for Chicago, any city, no city, well, the IndyCar on the IndyCar side, but no city has hosted a NASCAR race down the middle of its most uh, busiest or most important streets. So it's a huge deal and want to get the word out. And, and I think ultimately, you know, this race will be about the the exposure that NASCAR gets to maybe not the most uh, specific NASCAR fan, right? It's about that broader uh, array of people that are going to see or experience or hear NASCAR for the first time or wonder what the heck's going on in a big city like this and seeing cars at 140 miles per hour that are capable of doing this. I think that will be the biggest appeal and takeaway from the weekend. Chase Elliott chimed in about his thoughts. You're tapping into a, a part of the country that I think has a lot of race fans, a lot of NASCAR fans, but into you know city limits that a lot of those people might not typically come out to Joliet or somewhere up there like, like would have typically been the case. So for them, I think it's about it being a good event and it being exciting for them and there being a lot of stuff going on for them and they feel like they're at the event. That, that needs to feel like the event that weekend. You know, he's absolutely right. I think the biggest thing, I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, that obviously you want there to be a good product on the racetrack. You want it to be a good race. You want it to be a compelling race. But the number one thing that needs to come out of this weekend for NASCAR and the partners and really any other stakeholder in NASCAR is that the fans that attend this event walk away saying, I had a good time and I didn't have any minor inconveniences um, with parking, you know, all of these things that they that they had a good time um, and that they want to come back. Because if you go to an event and you don't have a good time or something happens that turns you off from that event, the chance of you coming back to that event the next year, regardless of whether or not the racing is good, is slim to none. Um, so the most important thing is that they put on a good event, that the fans have a good time, and then hope that the racing element falls into place as well. And Alan, the event part is the hard part because so much, to Alexis's point, of how you enjoy an event is are the beer lines too long? Are there enough bathrooms? Is it too crowded? It, the people there are not coming there as critics. I don't think the vast majority of the folks that will be there will be there at, to critique the race. They want to, Alexis's point, be taken care of and have a good time. Yeah, they want an experience, and that's what NASCAR is putting on in terms of not only the race, but a bunch of concerts with big names, big names we don't see every week. So this will certainly be an event because it should be. For the first time in 75 years, they are doing something they've never done before uh, that is unlike anything they've ever done before. So this should have a different feel to attract a, a different type of crowd and or fan that, as Chase Elliott was just saying, you know, isn't going to go out to Joliet or isn't going to make it to a race in the mountains of Bristol, but does live in a city and wants to experience this or try it out for the first time. And just to show they can do it. I mean, I think about the, the, the talk of the event, right? Just go a few weeks ago to North Wilkesboro. North Wilkesboro wasn't the greatest on-track product that we saw, but was anyone really talking about that afterward? No, everyone was just happy that it happened, that they pulled it off, that, that NASCAR made the effort, that SMI made the effort, that everything that went into it was awesome. The experience was still good, even if on-track 
wasn't as good. And I know there's almost like this veil of we're all anticipating that eh, maybe the Chicago street race won't be great. I I've seen it on iRacing multiple times. It's tight. It's tough to make passes there. You're going to have to be aggressive. Other street, other forms of street racing, IndyCar, F1, what have you, they don't get as aggressive as NASCAR. NASCAR drivers will be very aggressive, and fans love aggression. So I'm not worried about the product on the track on Sunday. Fenders let you be more aggressive. Yes, they yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those open wheel cars, not so much. Yeah. You touch and you're done. I look back and Alan referenced North Wilkesboro Speedway. A couple of years ago, it was Circuit of the Americas. Many years ago, but we thought we would never see stock cars at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Five years ago, it was the Roval. There were naysayers about all every of time, these. every time, yeah, every time. And all of those, in my recollection, turned out to be great events and things that people were having positive remarks about after the fact. You may have, you know, a hater here or there because you know haters are going to hate. That's just what they do. But <laughs> haters going to hate. Um, but, you know, for the most part, those events were things that people were talking about positively after the fact. And the fact that, you know, we're still going to Coda and we're still at Indy and we're still um, running on the Roval. Those are great signs that those were successful events. And and I have no doubt, you know, we might not continue to see races in, in, in the future in Chicago, but maybe we move you know, that that's the beauty of these. It gives us an opportunity to race in markets where we would never have the opportunity to race unless we put down millions and millions and millions of dollars on new facilities. We don't have to do that if this works. That's not going to happen. Right. Alan, I think we have built the last big racetrack. I, it's going to take wow. inventive things like this because who's got that kind of capital? It's a good point. Yeah, fair point. You know. Fair point. And you have to have the demand, right? It's not, they're not filling 150,000 right. anymore, but you know, 70,000 is still pretty good. So maybe it's a smaller track. I don't, I, know. I, I, don't I, I mean, it, it would, it's going to take somebody with Elon Musk type money that wants to build a racetrack. Of course, now he races Tesla's. Teslas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a Tesla racing series yeah. in the future. I don't know. But, you know, when you think about the way that we have done things as of late, we, we, you know, specifically talking about Speedway Motorsports, because that's what we're so intimately involved in. You talk about North Wilkesboro and you talk about the infrastructure being there. Was there a lot of work that needed to be done to make that event and race ready? Absolutely. But they were not building things from the ground up. They did not start with just a patch of dirt. Right. You look at Nashville Fairgrounds. It's the same model that Marcus and Steve Swift and Speedway Motorsports are looking at for that facility. And when you look at the opportunity with street courses, I think that that is going to be the model going forward. Either taking a facility that's already there and making it worthy of a cup event or a NASCAR event or doing something in an area where you can put the race, you know, you can set the race up, and then when NASCAR leaves town, you tear it down, and it's gone. Fingers crossed that we're talking about a fantastic event. I really don't care about the quality of the racing. I want the event to go off well. I want yeah. the people that attend it to say, that was a real experience. We'll take a break. When we come back, you know what's coming up. Green flag, black flag. 
How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it, you get your money back. But you're going to love it. And you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. And our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-748-0593. 800-748-0593. That's 800-748-0593. I'm Joey Logano, and you're listening to Fast Talk on the Performance Racing Network. Time to pull down on the handle and start rolling them here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. The green flag flies at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We're about to contest the Coca-Cola 600. We're racing at Texas Motor Speedway. Now Kislowski goes way up the racetrack. Here comes Harrison Burton. He rockets to the lead. Trouble. Car goes around. It's Chris Buescher. Joey Logano battles to the outside. They come back to the start finish line. Bubba Wallace looks inside. And now here's Byron. Takes a quick left to block him. They head back to one. Here goes Ross Chastain. He's going to the bottom of the racetrack. Bubba goes up. Blaney hits the outside wall off of turn two. Can Christopher Bell do anything with him? He gets down to the bottom of the racetrack. Frisco dives to the bottom of the racetrack side by side. They get loose. They spin. Now Tyler Reddick does the 360. So does Frisco. Heading into turn number seven as he wraps it around. The crowd is cheering for Daniel Suarez here on this final lap. Alba Digger gets into Alex Bowman. Ross Chastain back out to the front for the final time. This is PRN. Not often on the show do I wish that we had more time. This <laughs> you wish that. No, you wish that every uh, week. Stop I, I, I wish we had a little more time because there's some things that we could uh, pontificate on. But all of that being said, what time is it now, Mr. Bernhardt? It's time for another edition of Green Flag, Black Flag. I love the way you did that. Very good. Smooth. I have statements. I read statements. Our panel listens to statements. They think it over. If they agree with the statements that I read, they give it a green flag. That's the sound of a green flag. And if they disagree, here we go with a black flag. Pretty simple. Here we go. Going to start with Doug Rice on this one. Ross Chastain will win three or more races. Green flag. Green flag. I, I I think the shackles have been taken off. I believe that he has been given a longer leash, and I think that's going to be good for him. What do you think, Alexis? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I say green flag. I just think, you know, the proverbial monkey now hopefully is off his back and uh, he can continue winning ways. What do you think, Alan? I'll go black flag. Why not? Whoa! Winning is tough. He's fast. Those Hendrick cars are faster. Toyota's getting even better. It's just competitive. So three wins is a lot. Two's enough for Russ. What if I'd said this? Ross Chastain will win three or more races without incident. (laughs) 
Black Flag. No, Black Flag. Black Flag's for everybody. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got, that, they, Ross is still Ross. Yeah, yeah he still is. Uh, Alexis, we'll start with you on this one. RFK will win a race before the playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Black Flag on that one. Um, and I'm going to say it's because winning is hard, you know, for Ford. Ford has been down on power. And um, I will say, though, that obviously uh, Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher have done things that I never would have expected that team to do. Brad has done a fantastic job getting them back on track, um, getting them towards trending in, in the right direction. I just don't think that they're there yet. All right, Alan, RFK. Green flag. I think not only do they win, they win soon. They win. One of them wins Atlanta Motor Speedway in the high-speed drafting that we see there. Wow. That might be their best chance. One of them wins. We'll mark Atlanta. the tape, and we'll hold you to it. How about it, Doug? Well, Bubba Wallace is winning Atlanta, so forget that. <laughs> that's just how that's going to go down. I'm black flagging that. I, I, they have improved. They ha- I was looking at the stats leading into Nashville Super Speedway. At this time last year, Chris Buescher and uh, Brad Keselowski had one top five each. They have three this year. Their performance level has dramatically improved, but I don't see them in victory lane. All right. Let's go to question number three. Starts with Alan here. Carl Edwards is more popular than ever. I'll say black flag uh, because – he was super popular when winning and, and the backflip and we haven't seen a backflip peak Carl Edwards. When I say peak, I mean the peak of his, uh, the arch on his backflip. There, there was nothing like it when he would win. It was universal highlights everywhere, no matter if you liked him or not. So I'll say he was more popular when he was winning races. Doug Rice. I think in some ways he's more popular now because of all the mystery and the things that we talked about when we did the segment on Carl Edwards. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm liking the warm fuzzy that Carl Edwards generates from the fans. You know, it depends on where this popularity is coming from. If it's coming from the garage, yeah, he's probably more popular now <laughs> in the garage than when he was driving. Um, but, you know, I I also think that he was a very popular driver with the fans when he was, um, you know, running full time. So it's kind of hard to say. But if I had to choose, you know, I'll go green flag because why not? Quick, quick ad lib question here. What's a better victory celebration, the backflip or the watermelon smash? Alan? Ooh, good question. Uh, still the backflip. I, I want to see a backflip with a watermelon. Ross should pull that off. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say black backflip. And, and not to take anything away from Ross and what he does, but I just don't know if I want to pick that watermelon up off that disgusting <laughs> ground and then stick it in my mouth. Yeah. But, you know, I, I would argue he has to. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to waste a good watermelon That's true. as a farmer. So I, I'm always worried that he breaks it. He, he, it's, I'm glad he eats it at least because I you're going to cut open the watermelon anyway. I, I cringe a little every time he does yeah, it. Yeah, because but... you, you don't know where that watermelon's been. No, no, I know where it's been. And I don't... <laughs> All right, coming up, a little one last thing. We work hard to keep our cars looking great on the outside, but engine components need our attention too. That's where you can trust Z-Max Microlubricant to disperse carbon buildup in your engine fuel system to keep your car or truck running at its peak. By soaking into the metal of your engine, Z-Max Microlubricant improves performance, extends engine life, and reduces emissions. Trust the many customers who've said, thanks for saving my engine. Find out more at ZMAX.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Things are heating up this summer for the entire Toyota racing team. Whether it's the 160-degree heat inside Bubba Wallace's number 23 car 
or the 300 plus degree heat blasting off Parker Johnson's barbecue grill as he cheers by his tundra in the Speedway parking lot. Ah, yeah, I really shouldn't have worn this fire suit. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. I'm Chase Elliott, and you're listening to Fast Talk on the Performance Racing Network. Do you know Martin, when he knows he has a good car, he's light on his feet, he smiles, he kind of hovers over James Small and his engineers, and that was Martin on Saturday. I think the quality of racing is better, but I think it's different. It's maybe not as gripping edge of your seat every lap, but it rewards strategy and planning more than just running over somebody and knocking them out of the way. The O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network. Chase Elliott, Daniel Suarez, Kyle Larson, and all the stars of NASCAR return to Fort Worth for a playoff showdown weekend, September 23rd and 24th, for the Andes Frozen Custard 300 and the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 400. Experience the no limits action both on and off the track, including camping, tons of live music, food, fun, and more. Lock in tickets at TexasMotorSpeedway.com. Parking is free, and you can bring a cooler. Talked a lot about Chicago Street Course. Wish the best for the Windy City. The competitors hope they have great weather, big crowds, and savage racing. That'd be awesome. Savage? Savage. Ooh, I like savage it. racing. What time is it? What? One last thing. There we go. It I was is. like, um, I don't know. Let me check my watch. What or time is what it? time is the race? I don't. It's they're <laughs> late races here on the East Coast. They, it's it's like four o'clock starts. Yeah. for the, those races. Yeah. but it's Central Time. Central Time is wacky. I go to the West Coast. I know it's three hours different. I, it's harder when it's yeah. Central Time just messes with me. All right, Alan Kavana. One last thing. Yeah, one last thing. I, I just hope everyone embraces how fun Chicago can and will be. It's something new, not even from the fan aspect, because I'm thinking from the competitors side of it. There's been some chatter. Oh, I don't know about the race. It's tight. Someone in the garage, some team is going to say, you know what? This isn't a bad thing. This is opportunity. This is opportunity for us to go out and take advantage of something new, take advantage of other people are complaining about something. We're going to go out there and dominate because a win is a win. A win puts you in the playoffs. And if you got to be aggressive to do it, go out there and do it. Someone will take advantage of it. And I can't wait to find out who that team is. Wow. Amen. All right. That was impassioned. I love it. Um, so yeah, I, last week, Something happened that we weren't able to cover on the show last Wednesday. It was announced that Josh Berry was going to take over for the number four car and Kevin Harvick in uh, 2024. And that got me thinking about silly season and all the things that are going to shake out over the next 19 weeks. You know, only nine weeks left in the regular season and 10 week playoffs. There aren't many premium rides available. That was the best one available. So I'm just really interested to see where silly season is going to take us. Uh, you know, over the next few weeks, I think months. it'll be awesome. I, I, somebody's like Alan was alluding to a moment ago, can make opportunity. That's true, and we'll see who that person is. Never, ever say never 
Uh, there are things that happen in the world that I didn't see coming. One of them is now the adornment that people have, a lot of people have, for one Kyle Bush. I mm-hmm. had the privilege to emcee an event at Nashville Super Speedway that featured Kyle Bush, who is the driver for Cheddars, and he is also going to be the first guest on the third season of Kyle Petty's show, Dinner Drive, that you can find on the Circle Network. Their app is free if you want to download it and watch the show. So I'm out on the stage with Kyle Petty, whom I know really well, and we're promoting his network, and then Kyle Bush comes along later on. Cheddars also sponsors the show for Kyle and there was a throng of people there, all with new Kyle Bush attire, number eight stuff. And the love that they generated for him was something I hadn't ever seen before. And there has been a transformation process with him leaving Gibbs and now going to kind of America's race team and Richard Childress Racing, driving the eight car, working for an organization that had Dale Earnhardt. And also he's mellowed some. Never say never. Yeah, all of those things were the perfect storm, I think, for Kyle Busch, and they've gotten him a lot of fans. And, Alan Cavana, what's Kyle Busch doing right now? You said it earlier. You got uh, to I did. win. What was he? Win. He always, win. Kyle, yeah. Winning helps. Winning solves everything. And I feel like Kyle Petty and Kyle Busch used to, like, go at each other. Or, you know, every it's mending all fences. Yeah, this it is Kyle Busch. Winning fixes everything. Thanks <laughs> a lot to Ken Bernhardt, Alan Cavana, Alexis Erickson. I'm Doug Rice. We'll be back next week. Fast Talk was presented by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. By Coca-Cola. Is Coke Zero Sugar the best Coke ever? Take a taste and see. And Sunoco. Whether you're heading to the track or just hitting the road, fill up with Sunoco Ultratech. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.